0: Welcome to Soccer Talk, a podcast about soccer in Iowa presented by Kick It Forward and sponsored by Scott Insurance Services, as well as Michael Keener, attorney at law. Scott
1: Insurance Services is an independent insurance agency located in West Des Moines, Iowa, servicing Central Iowa and all surrounding states. They are family owned and are a locally operated business with over 125 years of experience in the insurance services industry, specializing in personal and commercial insurance. They are a good friend of the pod, a huge supporter of soccer in Iowa, and run by Iowa soccer legend, Billy Scott. Michael Keener, attorney at law. Based in Des Moines, Michael's practice includes
0: trial and litigation matters with an emphasis on commercial litigation, Personal injury, criminal defense, and issues in the legislature and Iowa's administrative agencies. Michael is a longtime supporter of Kick It Forward and the work it does in Iowa's soccer community. You can reach him at 515 245 4330 or via email at Michael Keener at griefsydney.com. That's M K U E H N E R at griefsydney.com. G R E F E. S-I-D-N-E-Y.com.
1: M. Keener at com, Michael Keener, attorney at law. This podcast is now distributed on multiple platforms, including Apple Music and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Hi there, I'm Ben Brackett with my good friend Blake Sievers, and we're here to talk soccer that's right ben all iowa soccer all the time welcome to the show
0: good morning good afternoon good evening iowa soccer supporters welcome to soccer talk i'm ben brackett with my good friend and co-host blake sievers blake how are you today
1: i'm great ben uh, I'm doing fantastic, it's a gorgeous day, so uh, we're over the over hump day, getting towards the end of the week, looking forward to the weekend.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we all know that the weekend is uh, usually a very welcome thing after we've been running hard all week, we've been chasing games of the week, uh, putting out podcast content like it's our job, and it most certainly is not.
1: <laughs> that, that is very true, man.
0: Well, uh, that being said, you know, we do what we love, and here we are again. Um, Blake, let's let's give the people what they want. Let's tell them what we've been doing.
1: Yeah, so, you know, last night we, uh, I suppose kind of going back a little bit, you know, we were excited for the Merle Hay Cup, the Johnston-Urbandale Girls-Boys doubleheader, um, originally scheduled for Tuesday. Super excited about it, weren't we? Yeah, we were. Uh, Kind of our second doubleheader of the year we were going to do. Um, another girls game, another boys game and the big rivalry. So we were pretty excited. You know, we'd spent quite a bit of time prepping for uh prepping for the games and kind of disappoint that led us to um some big disappointment, I think. Wouldn't you wouldn't you say, Ben? That's right.
0: The Mother Nature in two thousand nineteen again. She's beating us up um, bad bad weather last night and I mean I guess bad weather. One way to say it, I mean, maybe just kind of like gloomy, cold, wet, and rainy, I wouldn't call it bad. It certainly wasn't uh, severe.
1: That's a, yeah, I agree with you, Ben. You know, um, some games, interesting. Uh, Some games were played on Tuesday night uh, while this one was canceled. So, um, you know, we'll have to kind of dig into that to see, kind of get the reasonings there. But uh nonetheless, so you know the the games get changed to a uh, four thirty kickoff on a Wednesday split venue, yeah, so it kind of uh, threw a wrench in our plans, I think, so you know um we one of our correspondents you know went to cover the uh the girls' game, which I think we'll get into here later, um, but we went to the boys game at Johnston um. And uh, and watched watched the Dragons Jayhawks uh, battle it out for that, like I said, that coveted Merle Hay Cup. And it was a battle, wasn't it? The the
0: uh, Johnson Dragons were uh, were were up for the game, and you know Jayhawks, a ranked squad. Um, what were they up to this last week? I think we said sixth.
1: I think so, yeah. And I think the Dragons kind of fell out of the rankings um, on their bad run, of, bad run of form.
0: Yeah, a bit of a rough patch, and uh, you know. On the other hand, you got the Jayhawks, um, you know, winning some big games recently. So, um, I think we're excited for a good game, Um, and we'll we'll get into those details here shortly. Um, But I think uh, you know. Otherwise, if you're listening now, uh, hopefully you followed us uh, last night. Uh, Twitter was was kind of blowing up a little bit, wasn't it, Blake?
1: It was. It was.
0: Well, and while we're here, let's just remind everybody you can follow us at kick underscore forward on Twitter and then uh, Facebook, where uh, at
1: kick it forward
0: ia, of course. So.
1: And I uh, think Ben, real quick, I think a lot of people have been listening to our plugs because our followers have skyrocketed here the past three, three to four weeks, um, which is pretty cool.
0: Absolutely, I love it. Um, well, let's, uh, let's get into the action, shall we?
1: Let's do it. Well, so let's dig into
0: the analysis of the game a little bit. You know, we were, we were, as we mentioned earlier, right, Blake, a little shorthanded. We didn't have, um, our tactical, uh, you know, kind of genius there to pick the game apart. So you know, I guess you'll have to bear with us tonight. Um, well, I think we'll have some astute analysis. It might not be as, uh. I don't know, in-depth as it normally is with El, El Presidente, right?
1: Yeah, I think you're right there, Ben. So, yeah, like I said, let's, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, I think you saw a kickoff by the time you walked over to me and you greeted a few friendly faces. You know, we were about 10, 10 minutes in, and the first comment you said was, Urbandale looks really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. They
0: were possessing the ball well. Um, it looked like they were kind of probing a bit and trying to find – um, you know, some openings. Um yeah, I mean I, I again I just I was uh, especially after having seen them play earlier in the year, I was I was impressed. It looked like they'd continue to improve.
1: Yeah, and I think they kind of, you know, tactically they they started in like a maybe like a three four three, I kinda of, you know, some of these new quote formations are three four one, two, all these kind of weird things. It did um, look like they were playing three in the back and then they had yeah. two wing backs as well. Yeah, yep, and Johnston kind of did the same thing. Again, um, you know, I'm a big fan of a 3-5-2, but I think Johnson, you know had, definitely had three center backs there to start the game, um, big, strong boys um, as well. And then, like you said, a couple wing backs slash wingers that were given the responsibility to track back when they didn't have the ball, um, but kind of played with definitely two, Johnson, definitely two players up top um, to start the game. And... You know, like you said, Urban was kind of on the front foot. Um, came out uh, with some energy, played well. And then, you know, kind of after 15 minutes or so, Johnson was able to find itself and and um, get into the game. It's kind of interesting, Ben. You know, we saw Johnson play the first game of the year against Waukee. And I would say they have definitely changed uh, personnel throughout, the, throughout their team. They have, yeah. It looked like they... At least in that
0: first half, they'd sort of settled on a, a squad that was uh, working hard together, and they moved a, pe- a few people around. I, I, uh, I think that sort of like the dominant force in that first half was, was Eric Cadis. Um, you know, the big Bradley Brave recruit um, it looked like he was playing in, as part of that three back, but uh, I mean, gosh, everything in the air—he was—he was up for it. He was chasing people down, and then he he created the goal by surging out of the back, sort of, uh, I don't know, Sergio Ramos.
1: No point it was you was know, Yeah, like you said, Ben, he, uh, I mean, Urbidale kept clipping balls kind of forward to his side and every single thing around him in the air. I mean, the guy won, which should be expected kind of as the physical force he is. Um, yeah, absolutely. He, he definitely played his role. He did, yeah, and one of the interesting things, you know, the first four or five times he got the ball at his feet, you know, he looked to play it either wide or into the target. Um, and then on his goal, you know, he looked wide in Urban. It was kind of neat because it was right in front of us. Um, he looked wide in Urbandale. He pulled two players wide and, like you said, made the surging run forward, kind of played a one-two, I think, to Sam Swift who um, played it back to him and nice, cool finish under a little bit of pressure. Um, and kind of that, that kind of released – uh, released Johnston to kind of dominate the second part of that first half. I was going to say from there,
0: the Jayhawks seemed frustrated. Um, some of their players were, you know, you know, visibly frustrated and audibly frustrated with their teammates, which um, I mean, you know, we've all been there, um, but I think that was, that was a slight difference between Johnson and Urbandale. Um, it seemed like the Johnston dragons were all on the same page, you know, players like Eric Cadis were, you um, you know, it was a lot of encouragement, positive uh, feedback he was giving to his teammates. And I think that showed.
1: I agree. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, Ben, it's um, everything, a lot of positive stuff. You know, you could hear where we were at field level with the um, with the press access. Heath got for – Heath Weeks, the Johnson coach, got for us, which is very appreciative on our end. Um, you know, it was interesting hearing some of the things coming out of players' mouths. Um you know, Sam Swift in the midfield for Johnston was, like you said, super positive, getting them organized. And a little bit on the other hand, Urbandale demanding, which is great, but, um, you know, a little more of the negative and trying to get their, their boys riled up for it. Yeah.
0: Uh, as former players uh, who have played together, you know, sometimes, you know, getting into a teammate is what needs to happen. So uh, I don't know that it was necessarily bad. It was just a stark contrast. Um, and it didn't seem, um, there in that, in that first half, um, you know, urban didn't generate any other chances and Johnson on the other hand did, um, continue to keep the pressure on going into halftime. And so we got some good little halftime interviews. Um, you know, what'd you think? Uh, you know, Heath, Heath was again, you know, pretty positive about how things were pretty thoughtful. Um, you know, and I think old Jimmy Frizzell, um positive, but you could tell that he, he wanted a little more out of his boys.
1: Yeah, I think it's kinda of frustrating, right? They come off the big win over An- a good Ankeny side, um, you know, just last week and then to kind of come out and, like you said, concede one. I mean they created I think one decent save from the goalkeeper at Johnston, but other than that, um, they didn't really have much I like, think, yeah, the frustration in um for the Urban out team kind of started with Jimmy. Um I should say started. I mean, he was feeling the same frustration some of the players were as well. So um, kind of second half kicks off and a little kind of interesting. Um, both teams switch things up a little bit from how they started the game, which, um, you know, I, uh, interesting, just interesting Pick up on that. You know, Urbandale, um, you know, went with a couple different players, um, specifically one, I think one up top and then Johnston, um, I think Nick Garcia, played as that you know wing back to start the game then the second half moved up top and created quite a few problems um, for the Jayhawk back line there yeah he
0: he kind of became the difference there for that first part of the second half Um, he was physical presence uh, held the ball up well seemed to make the kind of the simple uh, simple decisions when he needed to um, and then found himself in the right place at the right time to score the goal didn't he
1: yeah, and it was, I mean, a really good goal, I thought. Um, it got played uh, played out wide, I think, to Joey Reyes, who um, I think Sam Swift got the ball in midfield, played it out wide, and then Reyes swinged across in for a, you know, in my opinion, easy side foot finish for, for Garcia. And that, that kind of uh, looking back on it, that was kind of the dagger, wasn't it, Ben? You know, we talked a little bit like that kind of took the sails out of Urbandale um, Yeah, just take- completely.
0: It did take the wind out of their sails a little bit. I, I think it, it, uh, and you could hear the goal when, you know, when Johnson scored the, uh, there was, you know, a nice uproar from the crowd and, and the team was fired up. Um, and you know, you were, you heard them saying things like, you know, um, you know, kind of, kind of like, let's, let's shore this one up. Let's win this. And obviously they weren't saying it quite like that, but, um, you know, it looked like they, they were really trying to, they were trying to be ruthless about it and end the game and, they started uh, slowing things down after that, and really took the air out of it. And um, the, the, some of the Urbandale players, um, you know, I, I really liked that uh, uh, Moise. Is it Moisey that plays in the middle and uh, Rico? Good
1: players, but you could tell they were uh, they were frustrated, weren't they? Yeah, and I mean, like you said, specifically for Urbandale, Allen. I think Amam Amamovich Mom, or what? Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm probably yeah, he was buzzing around. He was. He was really good. He got when he got the ball um, at his feet. Some good things were, were kind of happening. He he broke up quite a few plays as well. Yeah, he's um, feisty. Was, Yeah, he was. I really liked him. Um, you know, he was like he was the guy, kind of a little Roy Keane esque. Um, you know, <laughs> he was getting into his boys, trying to get them move, trying to get them going, trying to uh, build. Um, you know, build the play and just wasn't getting a whole lot. You know, Urbendale kind of was searching for answers. Um, you know, you talked about that Ricardo. He was. He kind of moved up top. Um, he kind of moved out wide, moving all over to try to get him involved. And I think, you know, we saw Urbandale play towards the beginning of the year against East. And, um, you know, Economist was a lot more dynamic that game. I think maybe just in general, Urbandale uh, as a unit, as a team, other than Alan Imamovic, you know, he was was, uh, was unfortunately not playing up to the level they expect.
0: Well, yeah, and I think, you know, Jimmy mentioned they've been playing a lot of games and they're a little little beat up, a little tired. Um, and, you know, it, that's probably uh, plays a big part in this. You know, these guys um, are playing a lot of games and, you know, a lot of games mean a lot, a lot. So, you know, a big win over Yankee and then you turn around and you play your big Merle Hay Cup. Um, you know, and I think maybe something else that could have played a role in, in the game is um, you know, some of the rivalries between the players, right? I mean, you know, they play together, um, a lot of them in, in club, um, and they're obviously very familiar with each other as cross-town rivals. So, you know, I, I remember games in high school specifically where, um, I don't know, like even if it well, – I, I can remember games against Urbandale, actually, where, you know, I'm, I'm specifically thinking to myself, I, you know, like I've got to shut that guy down because that's like my club teammate or my club rivalry and you know I'm just gonna like really focus on that right Blake
1: yeah I mean specifically speaking from the Johnson Urbandale uh point of view I mean it was back in the day maybe times have changed but back in the day I mean there was um it was a the intensity was um completely different than it was last night you know there was I mean the refs on that no, the referee I think the best job I have seen in any game in quite some time um, so I'm not exactly sure the boy's name, but he was he was great. He read the game. There was a, one or two times where some players um, probably should have been booked, but judging just by the game and how it played out, like by him not booking them, putting them off the field, um, let the game flow, didn't cause any, you know, reactions. It was good. But, you know, when I was playing as a dragon against Urbandale, um, you know, they were, um, a little bit better than us, but there was always bookings. There was quite a few sendings off. Um, you know, I, I got sent off once. Um, <laughs> it was this, I mean, the, there was a lot more fire and fight and competitiveness than, uh, than I necessarily saw last night, which um, is just in another interesting kind of tidbit there. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I, I do, I, I recall uh, some value Johnson games that got a little fiery as well um yeah
1: and like you said maybe just because they're playing maybe they're a little better friends and you know than we all used to be maybe that's why there wasn't as <laughs> much fire um, I don't know that's
0: that's just... an interesting point because you do say that you know some of those those guys that uh when you know we played against them like um you know even though I'm like good friends with Richie Hurd now when I played against Richie Hurd back in the day like I wanted to like kill Urbandale man you know like I was so like they were one of our biggest rivals
1: oh absolutely I mean, mean. you got I mean, you, you got guys like Armin Mujic, Jess Richie, like you said, Richie Hurd, um, Bo Johnson. I mean, there was guys that were just, um, that you just didn't, uh, you just liked. didn't want to lose to them. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and yeah, they didn't want to lose to you. And like, it just upped the competitiveness of the game. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think they would say the same thing uh, right back at us. So, and, and these are also guys, it's funny, you know, that you become, um, you know, th- those competitive relationships become come friendships really when it's all said and done Uh, which I think that's one of the cool things about the game and you know and hopefully that's something that um, these these young men that were playing last night also will get to enjoy as they continue to uh, evolve
1: absolutely and you kind of just kind of sounds like we're wrapping things up here just one other player for the dragons Evan Kilstrom uh, was I thought outstanding Um, maybe not a lot of people noticed him but he got better as the game went on and kept the ball played some nice little balls in behind um a pretty technical little player who in my you know stuck out for me not necessarily made an impact on a couple of the goals or breaking things up but every time he got the ball and the game wore on players got a little more fatigued um he seemed to kind of excel and uh was was like i said really really good there in midfield for the dragons awesome well
0: uh let's uh let's wrap things up and we'll uh We'll hope to see uh, Urbandale and Johnson both here in sub state. Um, I think they're going to be tough teams to beat, um, and both have potential to get all the way to, to the big dance, don't they? To the state, uh, the state final. Yeah, and it'll not be not state final, but the you know the state, state, state tournament. Itself.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Urbandale reacts. So they got the big game against Waukee um, coming up, and you know, as their goalkeeper Eli Crow mentioned in our post game interview, you know, they like being the underdogs. And clearly they're going to be, um, coming off a loss to unranked Johnson and going up against the defending state champion and undefeated warriors. So that'll, uh, that'll be interesting to see how they, how they react to that. And, um, yeah, kind of with,
0: absolutely. Let's, let's give a quick shout out to coaches again, uh, Urbandale Jayhawk coach, Jimmy Frizzell and, uh, Johnson dragon coach Heath Weeks, both very gracious with their time and, um, have, you know, been big kicking forward supporters as we've gone along.
1: Absolutely, that's uh, that's a great little um, great shout out for those boys. So, you know, kind of the, our next little part here. You know, we turn to the girls' game. I think Ben Wright and um, and talk to uh, talk to our tactician Matt Sehag, who was who was at the Urban L Johnston game. Is that where we want to go next? That's right.
0: El Presidente, Matt Sehag is here. Sehag, good to see you. Chat with you. How are you today?
2: Hey guys, I'm good. Uh, good to be with you again.
0: I said see you, but uh, we're not we're not quite to the point of being in the studio together, but we will be soon.
1: Yeah, I'll that'll be, be that's the big next step for us, I think, in this pod adventure.
0: It is. So we had a nice boys' side of the uh, Merle Hay Company Cup. What about you, Matt?
2: Uh, it was good, as you guys know. I um, the the games were at the same time at four thirty, so I went over to the girls' game over at over at Urbanville High School, and uh, it was a it was a good game.
1: So talk about the result, Matt. Give us the. um Is this when you want to our unsponsored segment still? For those looking, uh, we're still looking for a sponsor for the tactical analysis with El Presidente.
2: <laughs> the sponsors aren't necessarily just calling in, are they? <laughs> <laughs> Little do you know. Little do yes. you know, Matt. We just don't let we don't tell you about all the calls we get. Do you guys okay, all right. Well, um, yeah, so I can I can definitely talk about the game. Um so uh, first of all, it's a good game. It it's um I think as as you guys know, I used to coach in Johnston and Urbindale. And so um but it's been a couple of years, so I usually would coach girls' teams at like 11s and 12s. So um, going out to the game, I and mean, there's been a number of uh, of those players I used to coach that I haven't seen in a few years, <laughs> and so um, it was it was interesting. They've all sort of grown in the last two or three years, um, and so I was kind of trying to figure out uh, who they all were because their appearances have changed a little bit. But it was fun to go watch the game and see so many familiar faces on both sides of the sides of the ball. I would say there was probably. Um, at least 15 girls that at some point um, in their youth soccer careers this far um, I've, I've coached. So that was fun to see him play and, um, and starting to kind of grow up and, and, and knowing that for some of them, the next step is college and and to play playing college and things like that. So it was an enjoyable game to watch uh, just because of, just to see how the girls have progressed um, since I've seen them when they were 11 and 12, but, but the actual game was, was good too. So, uh Johnston ended up winning the game uh 2 to 1 um but but not without uh certainly um some pretty stiff opposition from Urbindale. um the the game really actually started out in Urbendale's favor so and in fact Urbendale got the first goal so through through the through the entire first half um um, Johnson actually looked like they were, they were sort of um, threatening. They would, they would, they would push the ball forwards. Um, and so it felt like maybe Johnson was going to dominate the game, but then um, probably with about 10 minutes left in the first half, um, Urbandale scores first. Um, and then the moment you just feel kind of the momentum swing uh, for the remainder of the first half. Um, but the game really was about um, for me, if, if we're looking at from a tactical perspective, it was I would I would summarize uh, the issues uh, in two words um, and that's starting positions so um, on Urbandale's uh, first uh, first goal um, and actually I'll back up on all three goals that were scored in the game um, they came from um, from from dead ball plays I would say so the first one was a goal kick um, the second goal is a throw-in, and the third goal came off of a throw-in. Um, and um, I think each of the issues that both teams experienced um, related to those goals um, were directly correlated to how the players lined up or what their start- starting positions looked like. So in the first um, uh, Urbandale goal, came off a goal, uh, a goal kick. So Urbandale's goalkeeper, Rachel Vanderhart, took a goal kick And Johnston's front three were so high um, that that the ball actually ended up um, penetrating Uh. all three of them uh, immediately. Um, And then um, Johnston's two central midfielders were were too high up the field and they were square. Um, And so what what ended up happening is Carter Holton sort of flicked the ball on um, into the central midfielder. She was too high. She took a poor touch with her her left foot. And then all of a sudden – uh Urbandale's holding midfielder Marley Pierce uh, collected the ball, was able to play it forwards into um, uh, Gracie Marks. And, and she's sort of their player that if she gets in holes or starts running with the ball, she can cause real problems. Um, so that's how the, the game started. But, but for Johnston, if they just would have fixed their starting positions with their front three, if their midfielders would have dropped off a little bit, if they would have been staggered as opposed to square – they probably would have won the ball facing forward on the counter because the goal kick wasn't great. Um, but the way they lined up, did just cause problems for themselves. Um, so that was kind of the nature of the, 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 the mistakes that Johnson had on that, that, that first goal. And what also happened was after the first goal and probably even before that, we saw uh, Gracie Marks would collect the ball and she would, she would be able to run freely. She, she started to cause a lot of problems for Irvindale and she would play little balls in. She would run with the ball. She would play a little balls in behind them. And so it was a little bit, uh, it was tough for Johnston to, to figure out how to stop that. Um, and because she was constantly running at the back line of, of Johnston, um, the Johnston back four were having to step in midfield, particularly Johnston center back, uh, number 20. Um, and that was causing all sorts of problems, too. So the first half ended. It was 1 0 uh, to Urbendale, And it really looked like Urbindale had the run of play, they had the momentum. And if anyone was going to score, it looked like it was going to be Irvingdale throughout the first, first half. Well, that's interesting you say that, uh, Matt, you know,
0: especially knowing the, uh, the result. Um, and it's funny because as you're talking through these, these different scenarios, um, I'm also recalling the, the little video clips that you, uh, you kind of spliced up on the side to and you, as we were talking about this leading up to it. And I wonder if the girls have seen themselves on film and like been pointed these things out because when you make mistakes like that as a player and you see them, they're they're like uh, the worst things you can see of yourself, right?
2: Yeah, I mean certainly. And and one of the cool things about Urbandale is they've got this uh, this Jay, Jayhawk Live program. So they actually they put all the um, they put all their video on, uh, online, and so at halftime, actually. I pulled up the video and I was like, I, I kind of want to look at that first goal and see, see what happened there. Cause it comes from a goal kick. Um, and certainly, and so then I just kind of took screenshots of some different moments in that first goal and started to decide, sort of look at this and go, man, if they saw themselves on TV and, and, and their starting positions and how they lined up, it's a really, really easy fix. Um,
0: what cool tool that they've got access to.
2: Yeah. I mean fantastic. And so not only that can they they probably could come back and look at this stuff, but I mean what a great thing for if you have, you know, grandmas and grandpas or uncles and aunts and cousins down in different states They can actually watch you live. So it's pretty it's really pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Um
2: and I, I think player, Ben on that
1: on that note, you know, just you watch soccer on TV and goal kicks, when they ever zoom out, you know, give the quote tactical views, sometimes they call it the camera or whatnot. It's super interesting to see how different teams Um, set up for goal kicks you know you look at the man cities um, I just saw something the other day where they are super big super spread out and then there was another screenshot I don't know if it was their opponent or who it was it was a little while ago but you know then it is all 20 uh, 20 players are within a you know almost a 30 by 30 little little square so it's interesting how different teams set set up uh, from different restarts as well I think
2: yeah Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with that. And, and it probably, um, probably comes down to technique, right? Like if your goalkeeper can can hit someone on the run or from 40 or 50 yards from wherever they're at. Um, and that player is competent to take their their first touch in the direction they want to want to take it. You don't really have to have as many players around the ball, um, in those situations sometimes I would say, but, um, I would say on this level from the game that we're watching, um, wherever the goal kick keeper is kicking it, you want bodies around the ball. Um, and you want to be in positions where you have numbers behind the ball as well. Um, and so those are, those would just be the little, the, the, the changes that I would, would have suggested just in that particular situation for Johnson is get behind the ball, get compact, probably, a, you know, more like the, the second example you came up with, Black, uh, Blake. Um, and that would have, um, it, it would have solved their problem, certainly in this instance. So talk, we'll talk about, about the second half then. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. We're on the same page, Ben. That's why we're so, so great working together because we oh, just asked the same it. question, didn't we? I love it.
2: Sure. So, so I, you know, the the game changed in the second half almost immediately. And I, I actually think it's because of the change that the Johnson coach, um, Matty Smith, made, w- which what looked like right at a halftime. Um, what he did was um, Nevada Voss was playing at the back in the first half um, as a center backs, they had kind of, they had a back four. And um, as I had mentioned, their center backs were actually coming, having to come into midfield to go and defend Um, their uh, Johnson. Number 20 would, would come 20 and 20, you know, 15 and 20 yards into midfield to try and defend. And that was just causing all sorts of problems. Um, And they, they really lacked a spine in midfield in terms of um, just, what I had mentioned, their, their starting positions. And so what Maddie did was he took Nevada uh, Voss out of the back and he put her right in front of the back four um, in the, in the second half. And she basically just um, she stood in there and she collected the ball um, in good areas uh, facing forwards. And then she was actually, she was able to spring a lot of counterattacks. So, and, and then what happened was basically Johnston's back four cruised for the whole second half because Nevada sat in the hole in front of them and collected almost everything. Um, and so it was a, it was a tactical change that literally, in my opinion, made the difference in the game. And so, you know, Johnson's back four, uh, or in fact, Johnson's whole team can probably look at Nevada Voss and say, you're certainly player of the match because she changed the, the context of the game. Um, and, you know, in particular, so the uh, is, is Johnson's, second goal, which Nevada had a, had a um, hand in as well. So Urbandale actually has a throw-in, um, and their right back. Um, Emma Johansson um, takes the, the throw-in, and again, Nevada sort of positions herself in the hole in front of the back four, um, and the ball gets ended up getting knocked down to her. She collects it facing forward. She's able to find Carter Holton, um, who kind of played like a target a little bit. Cutter plays it back into Nevada. Nevada then plays it third man uh, running into uh, their right winger, who I think was Catherine Chapman. And then Chapman gets in behind um, Urbandale's left back. Kelsey Heller plays a nice cross in, and, and My McDermott gets on the end of it uh, and puts it in the net. Um, but so what we saw with Nevada in midfield was that not only did she um, stop uh, supply into some of Urbandale's front runners or stop Grayson Marks from running, at the back four, but she actually forced the game further up the field. And because she won it in front of the back four facing forwards, she was able to then spring counterattacks. And she is the reason why they scored the second goal based on uh, based on her starting position. Now, if you look at the flip side of the ball in that example, um, the, the biggest change for Urbandale then was that in the first half, uh, Marley P- Pierce excuse me, was playing in that same position, that holding midfielder position. And she, her starting position was very, very good, um, in my opinion. Well, it looked like Mar- Marley actually went out of the game um, to get some treatment. I think so. She was, um, she was over on the sideline, and they looked like they were wrapping up um, one of her, her left or her right leg. So maybe she had sort of a muscle injury or something like that. But while she was out of the game, um, that's when the goal happened. And if you look at, if they watch the video back, what they'll see is they'll see that they're their holding midfielder who came on the game was actually all the way behind Carter Holton as, a play, as opposed to playing in front of her. And then their left back was even further. She's actually out of the video screen um, in, behind their, in behind Carter Holton. And the way they would have stopped it is they would have just brought their holding midfielder in front of Carter. They would have pulled up their center back in behind Carter, and they would have stopped the supply, maybe even had the counterattack. But based on how they set up to play on the throw-in, and based on how deep they were, they caused themselves problems and, and actually led to the um, equalizing goal for Johnston. So um, just kind of fast forward into the, the rest of the game. Johnston ends up going up to one So another interesting change by Maddie Smith then. So there's only probably six minutes left. Um, and this is probably where the differences of opinions come in from you know, fans or people watching the game versus the coaches um, coaching. So what he did then was they go up 2-1 with six minutes left, and then he actually moves Nevada back to the back again um, and takes her out of midfield. And my immediate thought was, oh, man, I, I don't know if I would do that, you know, sort of like taking your foot off the pedal because she's been the difference. Um, so why not just keep going with, with what works and keep forcing the ball up the field? Um, so she, take, uh, she took out of the game, played her at the back, brought a different central midfielder on. In the end, it didn't matter. Um, because there were no more goals, goals scored, but uh, Johnson ended up winning
1: 2-1. That's great insight. Uh, great. I thought we were there for a minute. We were just going to have a play-by-play um, as, as, detailed. <laughs> as detailed as that was going. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we're try- trying to get those sponsors,
2: so either like either that's going to detract them or, you know,
1: no, that's trying not, to do a good job for you guys. That's great. That's ins- trying to perform. That's right. I mean, that's the tactical analysis that uh, that we're paying them for as well, so that's uh, <laughs> that's great. No, and it,
0: the you know you can watch ways, um, and obviously you know Matt, when you watch the game, you're you're watching much and very much, um, you know you're picking the game apart as opposed to you know a lot of times, and I I got this Blake joked about this in the first segment about um, me as the cameraman totally missing uh, the first goal from Johnson the Johnson boys because I just got stuck kind of watching the game as a fan and got sucked into it and uh it it doesn't sound like that happens to you the same way or at least you can focus on it
2: (laughs) (laughs) well you know what i i sat all the way on the other side of the field so the fans were on one side i was kind of my own on my own in the grandstand but uh but i I did that kind of for that reason because i was like you know i i didn't take any video or do any interviews like you guys did over the boys game so i thought you know i maybe I can look at this with a little bit more of an analytical eye and hopefully give you a good pod afterwards. So, Uh, but no, you're right. If you start, I mean, you sort of take, turn your head away from the game. You miss some of those nuances in my opinion.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I think the big takeaways for me um, are what a cool, uh, the film, the film thing that they have, the film tool is, is so cool. And I, I hope it's something that they're using and I hope that the players are taking the advantage of, taking advantage of the opportunity to see themselves. Cause I know for me, that was, that was like a, that was a kind of like a turning point as a player in college. When I got to see myself play, I was like, Oh man, I got to fix some things.
2: Yep. I, I agree that, um, we, you know, we had, we looked at film in in, uh, in college too. And it was always a little, um, you know, you, you sort of have your own ideas about, you know, who you are as a player and whether or not you're good or yeah. not. And most of the time you think you're pretty good. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but the video doesn't lie. Right. So it's, um, they're, they're, they're always just opportunities to get better by watching yourself, you know, whether it be in a game or, you know, even like, you know, public speaking or something. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully they are taking advantage of that and, um, because I agree, it's a great tool.
1: Awesome. Well, Matt, I think, uh, kind of wrapping up, we appreciate, uh, appreciate the insight and, you know, Johnson sweeping the boys girls Merle hay cup, um, series this year. That that's,
2: that's what right. I hear. What was the the boys' game? 2-0, Johnson wins.
1: Yeah, Blake's dragons were just uh, a little too much. They're on a roll. A little too much yeah, for the Jayhawks too,
0: little, this year. Bragging, you know,
1: Great. You call
2: them dragon rights or bragging rights? Oh, that, that that's a good one. Dragon rights. That's right.
1: You know, <laughs> if we were doing our, um, I think that when we do our write up on this game, I think that may be our, our headline.
0: Ooh, I love it. I like it. Dragon I love rights. a good spot nice all right boys we'll uh we'll look forward to getting you next week for a little tactical analysis uh el presidente and until then um thanks again for your time all right can- all right blake that was another great little um interview with with el presidente I, i'm loving the uh the tactical analysis
1: yeah, I mean, we, we kind of gave him a hard time about all the uh, play-by-play, but, I mean, he literally talked about the three most important um, pieces of the game, which were the three goals and how how they were taken advantage of by the attackers and, you know, a couple ideas on how to fix things for the defending, um, defending team there. So it was, it was very insightful, very good. So Absolutely, so, yeah. Gave him a hard time. It was, it was worth it, I think.
0: Well, we'll see if we can get him to upload those, those pictures of the, um, the screenshots he took of the first goal uh on our social media so and that's obviously a great time for us to uh remind you all to follow us on twitter at kick underscore forward uh you can also follow us on facebook we're uh, at kick it forward ia um then you can also listen to our podcast uh on several platforms including google play um apple music and spotify
1: yeah, Ben, on that note, I don't think those would be all at all possible without our sponsors. Scott Insurance Services, uh, Billy Scott over there. Love no, it. Love yes, it. Yes, he's a great guy. Um, any insurance needs you have, he's the guy to give a, you, give a call to. Super reasonable, super personable, and uh, overall, great, great guy, local business. And then, obviously, um, if you probably are calling Billy Scott for insurance, you may have any kind of... Uh, need a lawyer for any need so michael keener is the other one um, who's vital to our success here with the pod and that's michael keener attorney at law so ben what uh kind of cool little thing coming up over the weekend that we're gonna post aren't we that's right yeah we you've heard us be pretty excited about our futsal court project uh that
0: in conjunction with the, the u.s soccer foundation and city of des moines parks and Rec. um but we're going to do a recap of our big fundraiser last weekend. Uh, we've got Tanner Krause joining us uh, in the studio. And uh, we've got a great little interview with him talking about all the strategy and, the, well, you know, the pain and suffering that went into our, our, uh, our big successful fundraiser over the weekend, last weekend.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, it's a behind the scenes look at kind of the kick it forward team and that whole ordeal is I think, a good way to say it. <laughs> it was
0: definitely an ordeal. Um, so look for that uh, here coming up. And then uh, next week we'll have some more legendary interviews to our series. Um,
1: and who are we going to go see next week, Blake? You know, I think right now we have the Ankeny Derby on the, on the schedule. Um, the Centennial against the Hawks. I, that,
0: that sounds awesome. I will be looking forward to that and reconvening here as well. Uh, thank
2: you all for joining us. Thank you.